I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Initiate Orphan's Trailer. Welcome to The Orphans. It's Baz Gilroy. Baz Gilroy. Gilroy. Baz Gilroy. Hello. I am geometrically fabricated and functional reasoning unit. But you can call me Jeffrey. Do you know what they're going to do to me? That's what I am to them out there. Just a spill on the floor that needs wiping up, aren't I? But I will not stay here and witness your stupidity. You do nothing but pretend. You don't care about me. Get up. He's going to find us if we don't move. The Orphans. The Orphans. The Orphans. The Orphans. Facility. Out now. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All right, so we are in design episode 19. Can you believe we've done 19 of these? Yes. Yeah, it actually feels like 19. Yeah, we've been numbering them too. So today I have with me, I have Liam Malone and Max Wessel. Yeah, buddy. We don't have Doug. Because because he has shrunken himself down to a microscopic level and now lives inside of one of us, but we don't know which. He's performing extreme espionage through our phones, hacking into who knows what. It's like Ant Man and that wasp. All right. So in this episode, uh, I want to. I think we've got a good one. We got a good mix of shit here for listeners and for ourselves. So update to the the party, our adventuring party here. The rulebook has been reworked to include the dice tier system that we've introduced. All the effects of that are not complete, but everything that was in the previous rulebook is now in this rulebook. So tier damage has been introduced. Also, the pages that tell you what step you're on for the path have now been introduced as an extension of your character sheet with blanks to fill in so that you know exactly what your character can do at every stage of progression. Mm-hmm. And what that ability actually means in real time for you. And an updated character sheet has been released with a mild change that has the dice tiers as a stripe down the middle. I'm going to pull it up so you guys can see it. So one of the one of the things I want to get into after the, our last play episode, which was Agnes's Ashes. Yes. And the combats that we did and that kind of thing. We're eventually going to have abilities that people have that roll against things that are other than dodge. The characters don't just need to step out of the way of. That, that target mm-hmm. like their sense of self, you know, so, something something intrinsic to themselves. Some genjutsu shit? Yeah, or even like, we don't have an ability that does this, but something that just will cause somebody fatigue shouldn't be rolling against their dodge. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so for, for things that don't roll against their dodge, instead of creating new classes of things to roll against, what if we use your base stats that you've already picked for your character? That sounds good and useful. So, and may increase the value of certain base stats. Yes. So, I'm thinking uh, it reduces the number of opposed roles, which I think we should do. Your character yeah. should have a fixed difficulty to perform something against. So, for instance, if I want to intimidate somebody, or if a goblin is trying to intimidate an orc, to use classic fantasy mm-hmm. archetypes, it's not going to have a good time of it, right? No. But if the goblin rolls a 20, that means the intimidation was very effective. But it doesn't make sense for the orc to then have to roll against him, where the orc decides that, am I able to be intimidated right now? I'm not. It's more about how effective you are at intimidating. Because yes. the, so if the, orc roll, uh, if, the, if the goblin rolls a 10, and the orc rolls a 1 and has a plus 8, he loses. Yeah. Because for some reason, in this exact moment, the orc is easy to intimidate. I don't think that, that doesn't play out as well, actually, in my head. It's also double-blind randomness. Mm-hmm. which will, again, most of the time play out the way you think it's going to, but it can create very dissonant moments. Right. I hear what you're saying, but I had another idea. Okay. Just a layer to add to the game. What if everything you have to you do, you also roll to see what your fragile emotional state is for that moment? <laughs> you get the die that has all the faces on yeah. it. Yeah. You have to gauge. Yeah. 
and each each face has bonuses and negatives to certain things where like mm-hmm. when you're angry you're much easier to make tired but a lot harder to intimidate yeah i like that idea except yeah. that i hate it yes so <laughs> you know and you're just you're just feeling down and so when he comes at you so i think that characters and enemies have static resistances that are determined by their stats, which is relatively simple, even as a GM, to uh-huh. determine the static resistance an enemy has against something. And I think the formula we should use, you you seem like you're nervous about no. you said the word formula. No, I'm not nervous about that. Okay. I say the formula. 10 uh-huh. plus the stat value, okay. so attribute, plus the character's level. Okay. That's it. Would we at any point be adding passive bonuses from steps? That's the character level. Do you mean in the step itself? In the step itself, we're like, oh, you got really hardy this time. Maybe. Maybe. Or I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. Or, hey, you deal in illusion and terrifying people. You now see through that better because you know it. I'm thinking, I think your profession can account for this as well. Yes. So if, but it, but professions, as we know, are situational. So it's not you get a plus five against intimidate. No. If you are a champion, or well, actually, what's what's a good one here? If somebody's trying to intimidate you, and you're a daredevil, yeah, exactly. Well, no, I, well, let, let's think. Let's think about this. You can intimidate somebody in business. Yeah. Right. So you're saying I have all this money, I have this and that and that, and I'm going to bring all of it against you and crush your business. And you're like, well, I am a lawyer, or I'm an economist. Yeah. <laughs> like some some kind of extreme profession or just i'm ruthless so my character is used to this guy i am a foreign dignitary to an enemy power yeah you can't yeah so nerves of steel baby right and somebody wants to intimidate you you're like oh well in this specific instance i get to add my profession bonus against it yes does that make sense yeah okay or like it would be yeah it would be great if He's like, I'm going to intimidate you with this bomb, and you're an alchemist. And you're like, that's not going to make a very large explosion. I know that. <laughs> I also feel like I want to intimidate you, but you routinely bring down stars from the heavens to smite your enemies. Are you harder to intimidate when you can create fire tornadoes from your fingers? Depends on the enemy, I think, that yeah. you're up against. Because if they like literally have a dagger to your throat, yeah. the yeah. answer is yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You can intimidate them. Or, or if they just have armor. Yeah. <laughs> so... Is there a little a little hurt in the end of that? There is some rock paper says like casters armored dudes scare casters just generally. So to, to use an example germane to the campaign we're running right now, if a Pawa with mm-hmm. two composure wants to intimidate Frixa and wants to intimidate him in that it's like I have a lot of money and I can buy the loyalty of yes. your guys around you and they'll turn against you. So here's two scenarios. Just wants to flat intimidate him. Uh-huh. He rolls a D twenty plus two. Okay. Has to beat 14 okay. to intimidate Frixa. Okay? We'll talk about what intimidate means in mm-hmm. a second. If he's saying, I will turn your people against you with the power of my money or my resources because Frixa is a ringleader, he would get his profession bonus, which yes. is plus five. So he'd have to beat a 19. Yeah. That makes sense yeah. to everybody? Yeah. Okay. And I think that every time a character action, so a non-physical skill is used to try to influence somebody else and rolls against these resistances... That character's resistances against non-physical skills increases by one until the end of the scene. Does that make sense? Because you're on a roll? Well, if you see that... So if one of them intimidates you... Yes. Or if one of them tries to intimidate you and fails, the next one has to beat something that's one level higher. Okay. It keeps going. But it makes even more sense if they succeeded and then you come out of it. And now the next one wants to intimidate you. It's still going to be harder. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. It's like a uh, middle school dance. One boy goes up, gets rejected. The next boy really has to overcome. Right. You know, and it's, I mean, intimidate is, the, intimidate is the thing we're using because it's very simple. It's a simple thing compared to confuse, disorient, you know, things, things that maybe spell effects. But I think we can, we can start with intimidate because everybody can do it. So what does intimidate mean? My initial thought, and argue with me if this is not true for you guys, I'm thinking negative two to attack against that enemy. Mm-hmm. It costs double to move towards that enemy. I like that. Negative two to your composure in total. Ooh, that's rough. That last one's rough. Mm-hmm. I think four one round. Yeah. Actually, how about one D4? Because we don't know how intimidating they were. And I don't want to make it a sliding scale. Like, if it works, you roll a D4, you find out how many rounds. Mm-hmm. 
Does that make sense? And yeah. That, well, and that scales in its own effectiveness based on the effectiveness of the enemy and your effectiveness. You don't need you don't need to keep bumping it up. Man, Esmond's going to start intimidating bitches now. Intimidating is useful. I had, like, it's one of my class skills. I just rarely used it because it didn't make sense. And the should, classic, there be, should there be a negative for failing your intimidation? Should there be a risk? Associated yes. With yes. What do you think, uh, other than adding plus one to their resistance to it? Should there be a chance that you have to I was gonna say, move like, your full wo- speed away? Wo- wounded pride? No. At a certain point. like Like the classic example of like, let's say Dungeons and Dragons, where there's actually a dragon. Mm-hmm. The fact that every character moves toward that dragon, it's a goddamn dragon. Yeah, it's scary. It's like prehistorically terrifying. There's things Uh inside of you that will not let you walk up to that dragon. Well, okay. I think maybe the plus, let's, instead of the plus one to Mm -hmm. further checks, maybe a plus two, because I think that's a big enough deterrent. So for instance, you're like, I got to be reasonably sure I can intimidate this guy. Otherwise, everyone else can't do anything similar Mm -hmm. if I fail, right? Okay, how about that? You guys feel good about that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, okay, so in light of that and the difficulty of skill checks and with the introduction of our new dice tier system, I want to change the support items. So what I'm talking about is chemistry set, uh-huh. trauma kit, those kind of support items Tra- from a plus five bonus to a plus two. Done. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's still worth your time. Yes. With the, you know, we could have rare ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, differing quality. Mm-hmm. A plus two bonus is big then, if we limit it in this way. Mm-hmm. So the highest amount you could get to anything, let's the, the most you could have at any attribute is four at character creation. So yes. at level zero, plus five from your profession, uh-huh. plus two from an item. Yes. So that would be uh, 4 plus 5 is 9 plus 2, 11. A plus 11 to a specific check, provided that everything matched up. That feels better. That feels good. It also feels that it was a step you took. You know, I yeah. think everything oh, that's we've been pr- doing is... Yeah, that's is, purposeful. Like, it, you're not going to accidentally yeah. end up with a plus 11. It only, it only happens because you took the steps to do that. It's not something everyone can do. Like, I think that's what mostly we've been working towards is... Yeah. You did that on purpose. So it's not overpowered because you are giving up other things to do this. Yeah, you would definitely still get a chemistry set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a plus two, you would still use an entire slot in your backpack, which we also need to go over, but not in this episode. Yes. Okay. So, do you kind of want to talk about chemistry? Uh huh. We have this new dice tier system. Yes. What about if instead of improving the tier for result of every five, it's every two? Start at a difficulty of ten to create a one d four potion. So by 12, you're at D6. So 10 is D4, 12 D- is D6, uh, 14, I, 14 is D8, 16 is 2 D4, Yeah. 18 is 1 D10, 20 is a D12, 22, 2 D6, 24, 3 D4, 26, a D8 and a D6, 28, 2 D8. One, yeah, no, the, the tier, the, tier yes, progression no. works totally for me, but also what works totally for me is the idea of your... You're an alchemist. You have, is it intelligence? Yes. You have foreign intelligence. It's your thing. So you have plus 11. You have to at least roll a one. So no matter what, you make a D6 potion. I uh, like that. It's a, yeah, a D6. That's good. I like I that. Like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. And you're like, I am, I'm the best I can be at alchemy at level zero. I do not make D4 potions anymore. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And if you give that D6 potion to Grandin, <laughs> minimum he's getting five health back yes. maximum he's getting 12 no 10, 10 yeah. which is still ridiculous i'm worried that uh Frix is a little too powerful because of core radiance and even when we did our play test with strangers nobody was picking core radiance and i think y'all are sleeping That's on it why i don't think it's overpowered i think i think we're going to this is going to be a thing that's going to come up again and again is we're going to provide something and unless Unless you're willing to completely give up your preconceived notions of what tabletop is, you will never, never see it. Yeah. So there may be a point where we need to take it down a notch. The idea that the people who designed it can do something effective with it isn't enough for me. If we did a couple like rando gameplay stuff and people just started realizing like they came upon it, then I'd be worried. Mm -hmm. But I I don't think it's going to be a... It would be like... 
It'd be like playing a fighting game and there is an objectively best main, but it's Dan and everyone thinks Dan's lame and it's, doesn't want to play it's him. It's Luke Skywalker and Masters of Terrace Yeah. Okay. All right. Were well, you guys ready to get back into step four? No, but we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. So uh, let's start with champion because we didn't do champion last time. All right. I've got a few options here. Some I like better than others, but I want to hear what you guys think and if you come up with something else. New once a day stance, which I feel is fine. That's that's on target, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a squire. Oh, oh <laughs> I'm kind of into that. Totally into that. A mount. Yes. I am willing to make the mount and the squire interchangeable if they're equally useful. Attacks that you can do while moving mid move, uh-huh. which sounds that does on sound, brand as that well. Actually sounds really awesome. And an ability that's similar to D and D and Pathfinder that in their systems is known as finishing cleave, where if you okay. reduce an enemy to zero hit points, you immediately make attack against somebody adjacent. Or we maybe allow, since we're step four in, we could allow them to move and do it. I'm sure it's too much, but when you said attacks move, is there a point where you could add how many spaces you moved to your attack roll? Like a running charge or something like that? With the way damage scales now, that would be really great for the first step. And unless mm-hmm. that damage scaled with your movement, it would be awful. Okay. And because it can scale with your movement, that would be really hard to balance. Yeah. No is the answer. Okay, great. But I like where your head is on that. Mm-hmm. I want Squire. I like the I idea like of Squire. Squire. Interesting, because my two favorites for step four, New Daily Stance uh-huh. and Finishing Cleave. Okay. I think those, at least, I, I want to get into what you're talking about, but for, for those two, I think are the most like, oh, definitely also have Actually, those. wait. Do, did we do Citadel already? Damn. Give them Squire, too. We have not done Citadel. Squire. Squire and something else, because I, I do I do think a lot of the non-flashy classes could use could always use a little extra flair. A little even, razzmatazz? Yeah, but even if the, like, I don't even need the Squire to do a whole lot. Just the idea of the role play of just like, I'm a Citadel character. I've gone this far in Citadel. I am now, I now have a, a footman. So what if you choose? I do, I do see Citadel more as a knight than, like, champion. Agreed. Champion Agreed. I, I see as a combatant. A champion is like... In, in the lines of Pit Fighter, Conan... Bar- the barbarians, but, but all but also just all sorts of f- just fighty dudes. Whereas, yeah. whereas I do see Citadel much more as like gleaming shields of just meat. Now, do you do you get a NPC character as a squire? Or do you get to designate somebody as, as your squire within the party and it gives you bonuses? Both. Or no... I Ooh. from the role play perspective, I like you having to do your squire as well. Mm-hmm. I let well let's so okay let's do champion first and then we can have that conversation okay because I th- I think there's an option for both so so we're moving both of those to citadel champ uh, squire and mount instead of champion uh let, I'm gonna just go squire okay I think I think mount mount is the thing you buy you can get a mount yeah mm-hmm. um but I'm thinking okay. I think you can get a mount and it will allow you to move around. Uh-huh. But I think specifically, like, I use a lance on the top oh, of this okay. thing and I get abilities associated with that it. That is a sidestep. Yeah. But okay. that is definitely a sidestep. Like Cavalier. That a, yeah, that is a very specific form of fighting that also might not work in dungeons. A citadel with a big-ass tower shield and then, like, a falcon <laughs> would be pretty dope. In Instead of a one-handed weapon? Mm-hmm. Well... Yeah, just take the, take the shot, Falcon. The the Falcon would just perch on the tower shield. It could have a nest on there. Goes out and attacks, comes back. So I'm removing Squire from Champion, even though flavor-wise, there are versions of that that are 100% on point, where it's like, oh, you're the famous hero of such and such. Yeah. Uh, I carry your swords. I sharpen them. I maintain your armor. But Citadel, I think you're right. I think Squire for Citadel. I, I, think, I think Champion could have an adoring fan. Well, that's what Showboat gets you, right? Whereas Citadel would have, like, uh, Squire would be holding a banner that gives him a... a God damn it, a banner. That's a great idea. Standard bearer. Yeah. Yeah. Someone that increases their sphere of control 
but also can do like I I don't want someone who's who's a, a damage conduit. I want someone who's just there to to add to control, do some fun role playing moments. And I like the idea of you can make that person like if you have if you have a champion with you and you're like you are now also my standard bearer. And so when we are together, we are both tankier. Mm-hmm. We move in concert. And or, or it demoralizes the enemy if we're flanking them. Yes. Because, Something like that. Yeah. And so you could do that. Or you might be Citadel and all casters and it doesn't make sense. So you just grab a, a, an NPC who can't really attack, can't really do much, doesn't have that. But again, accentuates the abilities of the Citadel character. Increases your carry capacity. Yes. That's a big one, right? It's for a dude with armor, that is important. Yeah. For a dude with armor, a dude to help you into your armor is important. I don't know if I want to get that crunchy where, like, we... So, other systems, they're like, it takes such and such time to enter your armor and stuff like that. Whereas, the reason why I'm saying I don't know if I want to get that crunchy is because we're talking about a base character feature mm-hmm. that for other characters have abilities that, com- that compensate game. for yeah. that. And this one doesn't and has a huge penalty if they fail to get it. You know, yeah. like, that's... Because this is a game. So, all right. So, I put Squire in Citadel. So, let's get back to Champion. Yes. Mount? Mount is a champion thing more than Citadel. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Killing things is more champion than anything else, though. Yes. What if... Okay. Maybe save this for later. But what if you get a bonus for sparing the life of somebody? Ooh. Like in a showy, magnanimous way. Uh, malicious mercy? I like that. I want to save that for later. I think there's there's a reason to later spare an enemy and get a bonus against other enemies we're like i would kill you but i'm sparing your life and then other people get bonuses against for diplomacy and stuff like that around you that that seems like it could be a feature Mm -hmm. yeah i I gotta tell you i think i think the idea of the moment you reduce somebody to zero you can immediately move and then do a basic attack is the thing to do i think step four if we're removing squire that's on target. Yeah. Although I do I do kind of want to give him a new stance. It's been two what's, two steps since we've given him the new stance. What's the stance? The last one we gave them, if they invoke an opportunity attack, they get an extra uh, weapon damage worth of damage to the next For attack. each one, too. Yeah. Dude, that might be broken. <laughs> I don't think it is. Think of, think of the circuitous route All right. that you would have to take. Not to mention, like, you can only move six bases. Yeah. And then add the scaling with it and how many extra things you're going to add on top like the thing is that's on top of the other crazy bonuses (laughs) to just pure damage okay i do i do like reducing to zero and i um also let's let's do a stance but let's do a longevity stance not one not one of self-sacrifice one of having to play that long con like let's what what's a what's a thing that would work better against uh, a single target because taking taking an opportunity attack from a boss, you're not gonna yeah. You're, you're one. Gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna stack them up as much. And two, that opportunity attack is much riskier than when it's that, okay. That ability to be damaged is elsewhere. Here's a definite negative to champion mm-hmm. against a single boss. Challenges. Yes. You're not killing multiple targets. You're not getting a, a, a great bonus challenge. You only get a plus one and a plus one to hit and damage you no, you don't uh yeah you only get that because you get it when you challenge yes yes what if it's something like an increase to damage two extra damage for every 20 damage you deal because that will scale well if you think about it yeah yeah that works does that make sense we'll have to i'm, I'm gonna try to break that uh, you got to make it a single target because then then it could be maybe that the only thing is that could be maybe used no, no, no. I would say you get an extra two damage for every 20 damage you deal against this target. Yes. That. Right. So if you do, well, good. I mean, well, hell, if you do a deadly arc, uh-huh. your uh, spinning attack, and you hit everybody around you yes. and crit. Yes. Fine. You deal two extra damage to all of them. You know, <laughs> like that, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that concerned about that. That sounds fine. Oh, no, I'm saying like, if it's not, if it's not to that target and you just for every 20 damage, you get to two, two extra damage and you do deadly arc and oh, you not, do not, 80 yeah. damage in a turn. No, no, no. I think if you deal more than 20 damage to everybody around you, you get plus two damage against all of them because of the yeah. stance you're in. Fine. Yeah. That's fine to me. 
And then next turn you deal 20 more damage against another target, and that t- target gets four to damage, but it's a single target. Mm-hmm. I'm okay Fine. with that too. Yeah. You want to do it that way? Yeah, that works. Okay, so let's do that, and let's do finishing cleave. Yes. When an enemy drops to zero, you can use a move action and an attack. Basic attack? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Should it be once per turn? Or should you be able to once chain... Once per round. Round? Or should you be able to chain this bad boy if you're real, real smart? No. I don't think you should chain it. Because that would be... Well, oh, imagine, man, imagine if you're, finishing cleave. If your whole party just sets up a domino... Like, just dominoes for you to just rip through, it'd be great. I think that... So, playing as somebody who's played a fighter, when your party is aware of what you can do when an enemy is reduced to zero, you generally... If they're... They stop <laughs> doing it. If they're on your side... Which is not easy. I mean, Max, tell us a little bit about your experience playing in RPGs. Yeah, it's never been people setting each other up. It's been what I can do and then what you can do if I'm paying attention to what you're even doing. We played a game where that was not true. I'm talking about not you, not this group. I've never had the experience until this of helping each other in combat, really. So and I, I do, yeah. and I am sensitive to the idea that that will actually be true for some of our players, where yeah. they will somebody will play command where they think it's great, and then they'll try to do every attack themselves because they they just want to act. Yeah. And this has happened mm-hmm. with our friends before in something that wasn't recorded, and I'm sensitive to groups that think that way because I thought that way. I'm sure when I first started playing, and I played, I made a fucking monk in D and D three five, and it it was terrible. Like it was so ter- it was the worst class, useless. Because you're mediocre at everything, and also half of those things don't ever happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm also indestructible, but mediocre. So, like, yeah, you can't kill me, but you can kill all my friends around me, and then I'll just run away, and I still feel useless. Let's get into Scoundrel. All right. Venoms. More need, Venoms. They need another Venom. You guys cool with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, here are the ideas I had. A Venom that slows a target. Uh-huh. Yeah. A venom that confuses a target, which is very powerful. I like that one. We can save any of these for later, by the way. A venom that inhibits healing. That one's nasty. A venom that will put an enemy to sleep, which also makes sense. Mm -hmm. Nauseating and delayed damage, but it's huge. Like, oh, in 1d4 rounds, you will take 3d8 damage. You know, something like that. Does that stack? For the round, for the amount of times you get hit, no, no, I, I don't think. Is it's it stacks. a one-time use? No, I think you put it on, and it's true for everyone you hit. Okay, but it, it's so when you say stack, you mean oh, I think it stacks in the sense that like okay, I hit him this turn, and in one d four turns, it's going to deal damage. Yeah. Well, I hit him, and and let's say he rolls a four. Uh huh. So four ter- turns from now, next one he rolls a two. So now it's been another turn. And now the turn after this, and then the turn after that is uh-huh. going to take extra damage. Yeah. I think it stacks in that way. That's huge, though. 3d8. Mm-hmm. When you put that's I, I'm just I'm making up yeah. a number. I was going to say, that's that's giant. That's, yeah. But it's also not guaranteed in the way that the sting venom is, where it's a d4 every mm-hmm. turn. So maybe a d6 of rounds. That's a gamble. Big damage on a really high number of rounds, potentially. Because there, we've played many encounters where we didn't even get to six rounds. Correct. The fight with the mole, even though it seemed like a long fight, was over before the end of two rounds. Yeah, I kind, I kind of like that. Would you? Yeah, but would you get that before like a slowing? Yeah, because because consider the last venom they got was D four of damage. But, yeah, very basic, but very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think of these, the ones I like most for we're talking step four yeah of scoundrel confuse and delay damage are the ones i'm looking at i'm looking at anti-healing and sleep all right i really like anti-healing mm-hmm. how often is that going to come up is i think my I, only thing now, now when i say anti-healing i'm thinking how it, it will cut the healing in half i'm saying they even even if they can't be healed that will ruin that encounter but the amount of encounters in which character like enemies actually heal I want to. I want to increase that. You want to increase that, okay? Yeah, because because I think that that healing healing is one of those things that we're like, you start a combat and things are going as normal, and you're like, okay, we're working this out, and then it gets to the turn where where the enemy starts healing. Everybody's like, oh shit, we need to shift focus immediately. Now. Yeah, 
and I think the person who's scoundrel is not like, okay, well, I'm going to disengage from the person I'm flanking. They're like, okay, well, I'm mm-hmm. going to apply a different venom. I don't want it to have, though. I want it to stop it. But do you want that used against your characters? Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. You had a butt, was there? Um, the, you had a butt. I think, I think, but I think we also need to have, like, one-time use venoms and, ven- like, you shouldn't have one guy being able to tag up a whole team and be like, well, now none of you can heal. It Well, I mean, how big is the team? Because it, if you're thinking, we're talking about a scoundrel here. Yes. Mm-hmm. You have to actually strike everybody in melee mm-hmm. that you've affected with your venom, which is very difficult. So, I don't know. But I've, if it lasts until the end of encounter, that's... I think becomes slow, a lot less impossible. Slow is a natural progression, and then maybe the next... It's just that there's other things that do slow. Yeah. There's a lot, thing, and there's in a fact, lot of things that slow. There's, mm-hmm. there's one class that that's what they do. That's the thing they do that's so great. It's yeah. just mm-hmm. that version of control. What if, it's, what if it keeps compiling? So, half speed, then speed of one, and then immobilized. So it builds for each consecutive hit. I actually like that a lot. So slowing is the first hit, they will move half speed. Second hit, their speed is reduced to one. Third hit, they're immobilized. That's three rounds for that all to take effect. For till the end of the encounter? Um, Or? No, I think maybe they progress backwards. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Or what if you had like two daggers and both were envenomed with that? you hit with both would they i i don't think steps i think you can do that Mm -hmm. so but if i do venom strike it's only envenoming one of my daggers yes right but in the next round i have to spend an attack action to envenom a second all right so it would still take four rounds to okay yeah Yeah. i like that and And then 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 if i'm champion i'm doing double strike every round yeah Yeah. make sure it goes down can you envenom arrows i i think i'm pretty sure yes yeah I mean, I, I, a lot with the cross-step things, the answer is going to be yeah. Mainly because the weird interactions that we don't know about are so deep in it. They're like, oh yeah, you have to go you know, four steps down this way, four steps down this way. So we don't know what step eight looks like. Yeah. The likelihood that it will be, like that combination is going to be head and shoulders better than what we come up with is not unlikely. But it's also, we don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Okay, so then let's do slowing. You want to do slowing because it's slowing. very different, mm-hmm. and the the ability. Do you, you want to could... add two venoms? Do you want to add now choice? You can only pick one, unless um, you're dual wielding. Unless you're dual wielding, but then you also have to spend a turn, and spending spending an attack action should have a you yeah. know, It should right. change the game. Let's do slowing and anti healing, and I want to make it half healing because right. I feel like half healing is devastating yes it really is i mean if it like look at mortal strike and world in world of warcraft Mm -hmm. it will kill you just having your all of the heals done to help you have okay you get the two venoms here's a couple other things for scoundrel scoundrel probably will have the most options of everything that we want to go through because it's all sneaky trick shit Mm -hmm. mr and and well it's it's all situational yes misdirection Uh uh-huh where you can direct an enemy strike into an adjacent enemy that is their ally, or within their reach. Mm-hmm. I think that's fun. Disarm an enemy feels more scoundrel than champion or citadel, even. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Bonus to stealth. That would be good. And trap finding. Trap finding. 
two venoms plus trap finding. Yeah. Because you're building traps in step three. Yes. So a plus, what's a, what's a reasonable plus to trap finding without being ridiculous? Is a plus five too high? The only thing about it being plus five is, let's say you are a trapper. <laughs> yep. You that's get a plus, a plus five. That's a plus ten. No. What's your intelligence? Two? Probably two. Plus twelve. Plus twelve. Is that absurd? No, because that also requires three dedicated. Yeah, you did pretty that. dedicated thing. Like you can get it to fourteen. Also, any scoundrel with four intelligence might not have been built correctly. All right. Well, how about this? We'll say it is. This is step four. Yeah. Plus your scoundrel level. Okay. No, no, because then it becomes then plus twelve and ridiculous. Yes. Shit. How about half? So half your scoundrel two? level plus two. So it's a plus two. And it's step four. All right. Yeah. So it gets to the point where when you are a master scoundrel, yeah, man, you know there's traps pretty much always, which that doesn't sound broken. Mm-hmm. If Again, if you're investing that much in. And this is this is with the addition of two yes. venoms. That's solid. Okay. That's a good toolbox. That's a good step four. As a master scoundrel, would you be able to use set off traps against the people who set them? Yeah, that's so specific. But yeah, yes. I, th- I feel like that's that's an errata rule book almost. Like you just want to find him, you know. I know. I'm just saying. Later on, like if you see like a firebomb or something, and there's guys around it, and you're like, I see it, and you mm-hmm. just throw a rock into it, and yeah, it explodes. And you're like, suckers. Yeah. Here's the thing, um, and and this puts me in a weird conundrum because like playing Frixa, yeah, mm-hmm. Core Radiance, Step One Scoundrel, is he more of a scoundrel than anything else? Might be. Yes. Might be when I get thirty momentum and uh, take a take my next step. Might be scoundrel just to get pocket sand, <laughs> which Frixa with pocket sand I think sounds appropriate. Yeah, him having pocket sand is so appropriate. It's pocket sand and something else. Oh, the ability to draw and stow things as a swift action. Oh, that one's just dope. That's actually that'd be really great for Chuki. It'd be good for Chuki, but it'd be really good for Frixa. <laughs> You, like, you can also get yeah, you also have extra pair of hands. Yeah, that's what I mean. They can draw and stow things and just save. And them you can have I two attacker actions and an encounter. Yep. Once an encounter, that's great. Okay. Zealotry. This well, is tough. What was step three? Step three was you can take the boons that you have uh-huh. oh, and, and them. share them with other people. Let me actually get the current version. So obvious answer, more boons. Make, I think I think make a, that thing more useful that you just gave them. I think I want to step further. So yes, but I think I also want to step further into combo game. All right, making their combos more fun and rolling. You know what I mean? Zealotry step three. They only got shared zeal, which adjacent ally. All of the boons currently affecting you, magical or otherwise, are granted to an adjacent ally, and they renew their duration on that target. Yes. How many possible boons can they have? A lot, depending on their party. Because your party can apply boons to you, as well as you putting boons on yourself, and you can share all of those with an adjacent ally. Who other than zealots give boons? Radiance, for sure. Uh Um, Oh, you could beat the the heal over time. Yeah. Is that radiance? Share it. Mm -hmm. No, that's zealotry. That's zealotry. Zealotry core. Uh There are other boons in uh, command, for sure. Where you give bonuses to skill checks and stuff. Radiance. Okay. Heaven's favor, their daily. Uh-huh. All of your healing spells grant your composure as additional hit points until the end of the scene. You could you could share that with somebody. Radiant Defender, anybody adjacent to it, gains plus two to dodge and plus one to armor. And allies begin, who begin their turn adjacent to it gain composure as healing. They're invigorate, obviously. The shielding. Uh-huh. They gain, so if you are next to somebody who's core radiance and they cast all of this and you're zealotry yeah you've just put three boons on somebody including shielding and all of this healing boosts Mm -hmm. and everything else marksman i don't think has any boons we need to we need to give other other paths boons oh they they do delegate Mm -hmm. grant your intellect to a single ally as bonus damage or as a boon to skill checks until the start of your next turn citadel Immovable object. You cannot be knocked flat, and any forced movement is canceled. Zealotry can grant that to somebody. If they have it on them, right? Yes. If they are step three citadel. And step 
three zealotry? Yeah. Okay. So zealotry gets the most boons because it's on themselves. So champion step two, reckless abandon. Oh, shit. Their daily stance mm-hmm. is a boon. Yeah, okay. That's huge. You could be step two champion, step three zealotry, which is not extreme. And you're able to give them your daily stance after you take it. That's pretty huge. And that's it for boons right now. Actually, except for races. Races get boons. Maybe if you give... No, I got an answer for this. Alchemy. Alchemy. What was the question if alchemy is the answer? Uh, No, that there's just like... All right, so he has this ability where you can grant people boons, but the list of boons that you can get is mostly in your own class or three steps down another. Yeah. I mean, that's good. It's it's, that, it's not the, bad. The three-step one is unreasonable, but... Yeah, okay, but so... If, but if you could do that if you could do that with alchemical effects, too. Yeah, if you, if, you, if you drink a potion that increases your speed... Oh, core zealotry. Uh-huh. You get your aspect. Yeah. You grant that to people. Yeah. Oh. Which is the biggest. That's the biggest boon, right? So... When you change aspects, do they... No. Okay. So I think step three, just just granting somebody your aspect is worth it. Oh, it's it. solid. It's yeah. worth it, yeah. I was going to say, for the duration, you were saying when you grant it to somebody, the duration starts over for them, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. What if it starts over for you on step four? Uh, that's eh. okay. Mm-hmm. Although the idea of being able to keep looping the boon giving to you for one turn by the command, and you're like, no, it's just on me forever because yeah. I keep just doing it. Is kind of fun. What if you could spend a swift action once per scene uh-huh. to extend the effect of a combo you just had? So you can combo into combos. Yes. Yes. So it's a swift action to that's just to just to set up shit. Although right? I do need something. I need a flavorful thing. Well, with it too. Let's worry about the flavor after the mechanics. Yeah. I like that one. And then same idea. Something that allows you to do two attacks. On your next turn, maybe it's a daily. Okay. And that sets up two combos if they both hit. I'm kind of cool with giving them both of that. Uh, yeah. Does that make sense? Like yeah, a, I am, a once per scene <laughs> to not. use a swift action and then a once per day to allow two attacks on your next yes. turn. And you're going to use those to set up further I'm, combos. I'm not super worried about it because it won't always go off according to plan. But when it does, it requires so much setup. They are like, no, you... you you put in the groundwork, man. You got that. You get that. I kind of want to give them an extra at-will attack that has a bonus then to add to that. So step maybe step four for Zealotry is really good. Yeah, where they Because explode. the ability to add boons is good, but what's something you would want to use as a setup? Like your next attack does what? Like, or you people around you get X or something like that. What don't they have by step four? I'm AoE damage. That's good. AoE healing. That's better. Both is one. We do that. Yeah. Extra movement. I like the AOE to heal. So both damage and healing. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Let's give them a Nova. Yeah. Because we're rewarding them for. Yeah. And I think it should be dice. Let's give them a dice roll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at, at step four, I think 2d6 bonus damage and healing. Burst one. Which would be step seven at level zero. No, let's say burst two. Let's make it big. Step four we're talking about, right? Once per scene. I thought you said this was an at-will. Let's make it an at-will. So then it should be a D10. Does that make sense? I'm willing to have it still be 2D6. I just need burst one. I want it to be more contained than the... 2D6 of... Okay, so 2D6 of damage Uh is good. 2D6 of healing is huge. Yeah, but burst one. But then again, you've gained so many steps it may not be that big of a deal so mm-hmm. so at level zero that's seven at step four you need to be level three so let's subtract three so it'll be it'll be class four dice mm-hmm. does that make sense tier yeah. four dice okay burst one then if if it's at will and and also i just like radiance has a burst heal at at, at character creation yes and it's yeah. and it's great and it's burst two but i like the idea that zealotry does that too kind of harder but closed in, and it, it just feels like they're more frontline, get in the face, have my buddies next to me. We're and, pushing through. But the, the drawback is it has to hit. Yeah. You have to hit with the attack so that your next attack, you have to hit with two attacks to make it work. What, to get the burst? Yeah. Your next attack, if it hits, also deals X. Mm-hmm. So it means you have to hit the one that primes it and then hit the one, the next one that does it. Okay, I like that. Mm-hmm. 
It's a machine. And then if you can... Coupled, yeah. coupled with the once-per-scene swift action to extend combo. Yeah. And a daily that allows two attacks on your next turn. You can stack a bunch of combos on one hit. I like it. So you can do burst heal, burst damage, extra damage, and then like provide a boon. And like, boom. Yeah. That Zealotry is like a, a snowball. That shifts the the tempo of the fight instantly. Yeah. If it all lands. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want to spend momentum, you can make sure it all oh, lands. yeah. But you got to come through like a hero in that moment. Yeah. But that's I'm, that's a great moment. I want, I want to see that moment. I also want to see the moment where you fail. <laughs> that momentous failure. Uh, we've seen that moment uh, many a times. A lot, yeah. yeah. More than I thought we would. I'm talking about this one we just made, though. Yeah, it would be very upsetting. Oh, no, you're spending three momentum each one with a decent bonus. And failing. Yeah possible let's get into radiance all right who's who i'm now becoming a little biased towards because of frixa i think radiance should do things visually all right so we already have if you crit them they get a they get a chance to blind you which is good let's deal with things that deal with beams and visual abilities i'm thinking what about a sunbeam an attack that comes down and just damages somebody. I'm not sure it's appropriate for this step, but like a, a massive single damage thing could be pretty cool. Like, a, like well, I guess Moonbeam. What, what what's the Druid thing in uh, in World of Warcraft that oh, they spam? Moonfire. Mo- moonfire. Yeah. So like Moonfire, but a Sunbeam. That could be cool. Like in Praise the Sun. You roll like a d20 in years to see how much cancer they get. Yeah. <laughs> if they if they flee, mm. you know, will their family have to pay for chemo? The two that I like the most, and maybe we give them both to them at this step, but I'm not positive. Teleportation as a ray and an attack. Where they can take any allies adjacent to them and move them oh my God. their speed to a new spot without invoking opportunity attacks because it's instant. But for every ally... It's reduced by one? No, I think for every ally they take... The damage for targets caught between them is increased by that amount. So if you were to do two d six, if you so if you if you were to do a d twelve, if you teleported through somebody with this beam attack that allows you to move, and you take three allies, it's three d twelve. Howard fucked us up with that. Yeah, no, the two things I'm about to bring up are both things that we did with the Howards. I don't like it giving a bonus for the increased difficult like. What should be an increase in difficulty for accomplishing a task by doubling the amount of mass you need to move makes the thing better, which is okay to increase the damage. I also just want to d- in- decrease the range by one for every ally. So oh, the can, distance by yeah, one? Yeah. You can't go as far, but you can go harder. Hmm. I don't know, because I think it's di- it's more difficult to bring more people, because it's also more difficult to make it appropriate. You don't want to bring your core citadel who's entrenched with everybody. No. But if you do, you get a bonus, which makes sense. I think the situations where you'd bring more than one person would be slim. So, okay, we'll keep that in your head. It might be more of an escape tactic anyway. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. Grabbing your scoundrel. And- or grabbing your scoundrel and dragging him back, which is actually nice. Either that or putting him but, in the upper hand. But yeah. you put, you could also make a Death Star with this thing. Yeah, if you, you could have everybody ball Bunch up on up you. and just... <sighs> but you know what? That's kind of tight. <laughs> it does sound pretty awesome. Okay. Now- I'm, I'm saying go for it. with Again, with Radiance, with Citadel, I am more comfortable going hard and having to scale them back Yeah. than, than the other way around. Because if they're just okay, it's a lot harder to tell if they need to be better to be chosen. Whereas if, if we play it and we're like, nope, it's a lot easier to just say like, oh, we broke it. Yeah. Take, take it back a notch, guys. So I'm thinking a daily ability, speaking of the Howards, where Howard the Duck created images of himself and nobody, including the GM or the players, knew which one was the correct one and they all acted as though they were the correct one. Uh I feel like that's a good step for Once per day, they can do that. They can spread out among six with each one with one space in between got to be got I want to attach it to a uh stat what do you mean one plus your stat i don't, here's my here's my argument for six six sided die six sided die if you roll a one it's the correct one all right does that make sense mhm now 
what I'm thinking is that even if you roll to attack one of the Howards and you hit the correct one, the others don't disappear. I say Howard. I mean, Radiance. Yeah. Your Radiance character. They don't disappear. You take the full damage of that attack. Unless you're knocked flat, you're brought to zero and incapacitated, then they all disappear. But the idea is you are actually all of them. You're not just one of them. But if any of them that aren't the real one take damage... You're you're the single electron theory. Right. If any of them take damage and they're not you, they vanish. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the, the enemy has to roll a d6, and if there's five of you left and he rolls a six on the die, he just re-rolls until he gets something under six, and repeat that until it's only you left. And so, then you can flip a coin. Yeah, it doesn't matter then. How do you guys feel about that one? Both of those are super strong. I kind of want just mirror image. I, I kind of want just that, where not, uh, even calling it mirror image is, is too D&D in the sense that, like, even that term is a little inappropriate. Fractal. Uh, fractal is like making smaller. What's the opposite of fractal? Like, you go out. Ooh. Prismatic? Yeah. Um, prismatic form? Prismatic form. Tip. Oh, I'll make them different colors, too. Just screw it. Roy G. Biv, that thing, although that's seven. Okay, we'll say prismatic form. Six images of you appear all within two spaces of one another. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Liam, if they could go Roy G. Biv. Yeah. At, like, step seven, could you go infrared or ultraviolet where no one, <laughs> no one could see you? <laughs> sure. All right, well, let's save that. That's yeah. a good idea. Let's save, like, I do, um, high spectrum. Ev- inf- yeah. Infrared and now is a cool thing to maybe add to radiance. Fuck that. Let's go full gamma. Let's go oh, X-ray gamma. God like, damn it. Let's, let's, let's abuse the spectrum. You're, everyone at your Actually, party. X-ray vision would just be a cool thing to get the radiance. What's in the box? Mm-hmm. I actually know. I know it's in the box. You don't want to open that box. We, we've always known what was in the box. <laughs> yeah. Let's be fair. Um, okay, what about... Okay, let's save teleportation ray for next... Let's save it for step five, right? Yeah. But how about... There, there's an ability in D&D called Sanctuary. Uh-huh. Where you touch a target and the enemy is less likely to try to attack that target. And in Dungeons and & Dragons and Pathfinder, that means that they have to succeed on a will save when they try to attack that target to be able to even attack them. Uh-huh. We don't have will saves. No. So what if it is, instead of a boost to dodge, why don't we, why don't we do the enemy, has to, the enemy has to make a composure roll against the allies what? What stat? We have strength, dexterity, no, no. intellect, maybe. composure, endurance. Maybe, maybe. Composure. Strength is definitely out. Strength and dex are out. So the the enemy has to make has to make something against. Oh, the caster's composure. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, because they're the one providing the mm-hmm. sanctuary. Right. Is that once per scene? That I think once, once per scene is appropriate. That is once per scene. Okay. That is strong. If you could just always have that on somebody, that could be that would make a scoundrel real scary, and that would make it. Uh. Well, I think if if that person attacks, it ends. Yeah. Right. But if if it's not a pristine, you just throw it up again. <laughs> okay, so prismatic form once per day for yes. sure, right? Like, <laughs> like yeah. that is that is so powerful. But it's only you. You like you can't grant it to anybody else unless you're zealotry and you've gotten that far and you can grant, you can share your boons with other people. That is step three and step four, though. So at that point, yeah, you're, you're pretty high. You're uh, yeah, you're you're fighting not normal things by that point. And then. So Sanctuary isn't actually appropriate for the tone of our game, the name of it, and the way we're using it. It has to roll against the caster's the caster's composure. So what would you call it? Um, Defensive strobe. I think it would be more of like um, you're trying to make them fade out. Like a shroud. Yeah. Or a um, like you've, you've blurred them, added noise, you know, that kind of thing to their image. Where somebody has to try to focus on them to hit I would them. Say, I would say static, but people always equate that to electricity. Like white noise is kind of the thing. But static, I think. How about like static shield? Static. Interfering shield. Interference. It might just be interference. That's good. I think I like interference. Yeah. Okay. I like this. As per scene, prismatic form is daily. And we'll save teleportation ray to step five. We're on the tough one now, guys. You mean the fun one? Yes. Citadel. Citadel. We talked about a squire. 
Yes. Let, let's talk about it as though it is a standard bearer. All right. Now, making an ally your standard bearer should confer bonuses on that person, right? I think it would be both. But making a squire who can't attack, there should be reasons to pick that instead of an ally. Mm. Yeah. I would probably always pick ally unless squire is really good. I think they should be... Again, I think the reason why you you allow the squire thing is for... um, one, they should have to be in close proximity. And if you are with all, if you're all ranged and you have a Citadel character, which is not unreasonable, you got to have that option to throw an extra pair of legs on the field. But it should always make more sense to designate, you know, a champion or a, a mixed fighter. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's think of a buff because I think I can think of a, an easy fix for the Squire. Uh huh. But let's think of the buffs that this that this gives you. All right. I was thinking like a zone, you know how everything else has like a zone. If you step into it, something bad happens to you. What if it's, you actually have to move like the fear to move into this zone, that banner, seeing that banner of that champion that you've heard so much about, or not the champion, the Citadel, you know, like this is a, this is a knight, and you see that banner. Maybe this there's is a fear a, to move into this it. This is a wall that walks. Yeah. I think also we're going to eventually name an ability the wall that walks. I like that. Yes. That is a stance. I think it adds plus 1 to everyone's composure defense that is within sight of the banner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Done. No questions asked. Okay. What does a standard do for you? It adds plus 1 to your composure skills, right? Yeah. Would that just be the citadel? No. Okay, this is because you're everybody. all the, you're all the same army, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but I do need some specific bear, specific citadel bonuses as well. You can equip your squire. Okay, so if the because while these composure abilities are nice, this is, this is not as good as prismatic image form. If your standard bearer is granting you the the upper hand against your target, uh-huh. you get plus two to hit. Both of you do? No. Oh. Just Citadel. Okay. Which is... Nice. It's still good, right? Uh, how do we feel about that? Mm-hmm. Just need one more thing, and that's something I, for I, the standard bear. And I've got, I've got something. Okay. All right. I was going to say, what if in a swift action, your standard bear and you could switch out weapons? What if... You, uh, I almost think it would be way cooler if you could switch places. <laughs> I was thinking if they are holding your spear and your sword and you just switch with them real quick and then you are. Well, I was thinking, Yeah, I, I think my next thing will yeah, play into that. Mm-hmm. Think of them as pack mule. The standard bearer, if it is not an ally, has half your health, minus two to hit. Okay. And does half damage. And you can equip them with whatever you want. All right. They have standard speed. Okay. And their loadout is whatever we decide slots how slots work right right? okay why would an ally become a standard bear because it increases their chance when they have the upper hand it's got to be a bonus to them when they are augmenting you yes maybe they get a plus one to hit when granting you the upper hand that's pretty good yeah i like the idea of squire with a crossbow underneath the citadel's tower shield just so Somebody who is a scoundrel, mm-hmm. if you tell them, I can give you, I can give you a permanent plus one if you're granting me the upper hand, yep. they're going to go, yes, me. <laughs> 100% me, for sure. Yes. Every time. All you have to do is hold this. Even even a champion is still going to go like, this makes sense. I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. And it allows for a mechanical reason to get rid of a little bit of your ego. Because I think there is, there is something ego wounding about being someone else's standard bear. Yeah. Bearing the standard is an honor, and you should feel honored by it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The best fighter would get a standard. Let's give him plus one to damage, too. All right. That's all. Mm-hmm. So, plus... I mean, the, the plus one to hit is, is is mechanically the most useful part. I feel like... Plus one to damage, though... Is a, to- is a token. It it's is. It's a nice token. Yeah. But mechanically... It tells you what you're supposed to do. Now, mechanically, if you're just talking a numbers game, yeah, I would still pick the squire over an ally if you're just talking the numbers game. Yeah. Because the extra attack would be worth it. However, you know as well as I do that in some moments, 
that plus that plus one to hit. If you just had plus one more for an ally, it would be worth it. It also opens so many like it opens a lot of role play options. That's that's why I think that's why you would do it. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you have a mechanics reason to do it, like okay, you are now you are now step four. What is your banner? You know, like that's something for you to think about. Like what is. Is it the bio tapestry? Like everything you've done so far? Like what is your banner? It's the three paw prints from Samurai Jack. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I I really like the this idea of you pick a standard bearer. You can choose an NPC that you are in control of who can't. Should they be able to attack? Yes. Yeah, I think they should. You should give them whatever you want. If they die. Oh yeah, they're dead. Yeah, you got to find another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it's up to the GM when you meet more people. So if you find if you kill them in a dungeon, it's not as good as having chosen no. an ally to yeah. be your standard bearer. Oh my god! So what if let's say a PC character they die, uh-huh. player character dies, the squire gets knighted, you take over being oh that squire. Oh my god, that would be great. That sounds great. That's yeah. another cool thing you're to like, do. You're like it. you're like, hey, okay. why don't we all five of our players or all four of our mm-hmm. players, however many people are playing the campaign, all agree on the next character we want to play and we'll take it whatever direction we want to, but we all agree that the squire is the character. Is the person mm-hmm. and, and whoever dies is gonna is gonna take over him. Oh no, if you already have the character sheet rolled up and you all agree that's gonna happen and someone dies in the session mm-hmm. and they just your innate abilities due to watching this death awaken something terrible in you. You start. Well, okay, so... <laughs> that would be such a fun roleplay moment. Well, I think... I th- okay, let's let players figure so out, that's what, figure out what, for, yeah. what level that person is. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. because it's a scaling level if yeah. you choose an NPC rather than a yeah. player to mm-hmm. be your standard bearer because the they always get half of what you get, which increases. Yeah. And they can only do basic attacks. Yeah. There's nothing else. And then if you play as a character, the GM has to be like, okay, you are now level two. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so let them figure that shit out. You have graduated from being a squire. You are now a warrior. Now you want them to deal half. Do you want them to deal half damage with a basic attack? Their stats. What are their stats? Just yours minus one. Mm, that's still too good. I think yours minus one. It's a lot of zeros. Possibly one, three. I guess at four, possibly one four, depending well, just, on if you I go hard. They're identical to yours. Yeah. Minus two to hit and deal half damage. Yeah. They are not a damage monkey. And in, in fact it's more yeah, it's more about control bonuses. Providing the upper hand yeah. if you need it. What does it all do with the upper hand? Um, other than opportunity attacks that they have unlimited amounts of. Ooh, that's great. Never mind. That's perfect. <laughs> also, do they knock down, right? No, that's control. Oh, okay. Unless unless you're four steps citadel one step scoundrel. Scound- in which case you could be Tolden. You could be awful. A scoundrel. Just a knight who can who's like who's not afraid of stabbing someone in the back. So a real knight. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> so a knight. An actual historical knight. <laughs> Max, have you ever watched um The Seventh Seal? Or not the Seventh Seal, uh with the chess, right? The chess yeah. game? Yes. That was the most realistic depiction of a Crusades era knight ever. Played by Max, Max von Sydow, and his squire is a very realistic squire who is seen that. a bigger badass than the knight, but just like uses knives and shit. It's great. It's why Max von. It's why anybody who knows who Max von Sydow is really mm-hmm. before the Exorcist. I think that's going to end it for us tonight, guys. I think that's yeah. step four. I mean, other than really getting in the nitty gritty, which I will do on the rule book when we have to actually write it out. Mm-hmm. I think that's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. We feel pretty good about those. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of... This one felt really toolbox expanding. Yeah. This one can... Especially the, with Decay and Citadel, yeah, I feel like. And, and if you're going full... If you're going full one step at this point and you hit four, this could change the way your party deals with any problem it comes up to suddenly which is very fun it's true okay well uh that's where we're gonna end it so thank you guys so much as always you can check us out on our patreon we just released a new rule book that has the new dice tier progression that we've created to make multi-classic even more viable and the next rule book after that will contain step four so if you're interested about Patreon but you've never done it before, the way it works is there are different dollar amounts you can give. And at the $1 tier, we give you all of our 
cutting room floor content where there's just extra conversations that you don't get to hear because they're not on topic. At the $2 amount, you get all the character sheets we create. If you're trying to run your own game, you can print them out. If you know the rules well enough, you can just have your players use those. At the $5 amount, you get all the rule books we release and all the previous versions if you like the previous version better. At the $10 amount, though, that's where the real money is because you get to create custom NPCs that persist in our game world for a long time and there have been multiple ones we've used already in our live play campaigns so please if you guys are fans check us out you can always comment on our patreon posts even if you're not a patron and you can always find us on facebook at facebook.com rpgfs you can find us on instagram at rpg from scratch that's all one word you can find us on twitter at homebrew hombres and again our patreon is patreon.com rpgfs thank you guys so much for listening and until next time stay safe stand watch and get a full rest. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.